Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of So What's Up. We're going to be going over our 2021 predictions and seeing if they came true and also then having a look at what we think is going to happen in 2022. Hi everyone, it's Chelsea and I'm here with Rebecca and Sam today and um, we're going to be looking into um, what we had predicted would happen in the past and um, what we think is going to be predicted for the future of 2022 in terms of the digital marketing space. So, to kick off then, what we what we said was going to happen last year, I've got, I've got a list of um, our 2021 predictions from our previous um our previous podcast episode in front of me and I'll link this one as well in the in the footer so you can catch up on that one if you really want to but um, I mean we are recapping it now so there's probably no point really but um, the top one is quite funny our first 2021 prediction that we thought would take off was clubhouse <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that chuckle says it all Sam's just sat there shaking his head for um, doomed from the start <laughs> Yeah, so Clubhouse, um, James, Rich and I were um, proper big on Clubhouse when it first started and um, we'd spend a lot of time on there because it was obviously like the shiny new thing and um, I don't think I've been on it since March last year. Yeah, I mean, I actually, <laughs> I was never, I never got the privilege to actually grace grace the platform. But You never got an invite, did you? Nor did I. No, <laughs> so, I mean, make of that as you will, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just thought the whole concept was very, very weird, and I just. Well, I think it was always a bit like. Um, I think it was a great idea in theory because um, it had everything that you kind of wanted from like the spaces um, and the community aspect of it. But I think the delivery of it was just um, one. It took way too long in beta testing, and it just never really managed to take off properly and also as well you had like everyone even twitter at some point had like twitter spaces that it was trying to get in like you know you know it's bad when twitter's trying to like put you out of business yeah i mean <laughs> everyone tried to you know just jump on that straight away and made their own versions which you know people are gonna use straight away so your, your market share of that kind of niche goes straight away yeah, it was a nice it was a nice thing to play with, I think, at the time. Um, but um, yeah, it, it just never really took off. So we're going to give a big mm-mm to that one. <laughs> um, then the next 2021 prediction was regulation of big companies like Facebook and Google and increased data protection. Um, well, I don't think that's happened. I mean, to a degree. I mean, I, mean, I know Apple as a as a company on their device and stuff, they make they've got a whole new privacy policy now. I mean, they tried to market it on you know adverts on TV and stuff to you know kind of give you that security that they have made changes and mm. you know you know there was issues there, and they've gone and they've gone and fixed them. And um, I saw a report, I think it, I think it was probably towards the tail end of of last year, saying that you know these companies like Google and, and Facebook etc cetera, etc cetera, have lost probably like a collective of about a billion dollars in, in revenue just because of this data that they used to have access to on Apple devices isn't there anymore due to this encryption. Well, okay. I think that was something that we were concerned about, wasn't it, Rebecca, in terms of like whenever we were doing like Facebook ads and stuff for clients and if we'd actually have data to um, be able to do them as effectively. Mm-hmm. Um but I think um, in terms of like actually regulating the big companies more, um, and I think the reason that we were talking about this last year, uh, if my memory serves me well from listening to the podcast this lunchtime, <laughs> um, was the 
in statement of President Biden and um, it was one of his policies, I believe, to try and crack down on the big conglomerates like um, Facebook um, that we should mention now is actually called Meta. Indeed. Yeah, yeah that's a big change since 2021 and um, Google and um, I don't think, I don't really think Google has been regulated more. So in fact, actually, I think Google is just like ever expanding. I saw the other day that they're um, looking to put a lot of money into their London-based offices, the ones just off Tottenham Court Road, going from 7,000 people to over 10,000 people and really ramping up what they want to do in the UK. So I think Google is um, just set to keep it expanding, really, from the sounds of it. So, yeah, I don't think... um, Well, we'll give that a half-and-half one then, really, on that one. Um, The next one was... Mental health, so the conversation we had around that one was um, working from home, the pandemic and burnout, so um, that companies would start trying to um, look after their staff in more wellness terms and create like wellness strategies and um, things for that because stats off the back of this, people were actually working longer because they were working from home during the pandemic. Obviously, mental health was a massive conversation anyway because um, people felt very isolated. Back um, back in 2021, when we recorded that, we were actually in a lockdown as well. And um, also as well, there was a study that came out that um, people are now more likely to overwork by 35 minutes every single day um, because of the pandemic and if they are actually working from home. So that was a big conversation. And interestingly, at some point last year, Social Chain, one of the biggest agencies um, in the UK, um, and also obviously like in America and places, um, they have given their staff a £50 a month wellbeing benefit and they can spend that on whatever brings them joy. So um, <laughs> I think that that was a big tick on um, one thing that we got right. But um, if you had £50 a month to spend on wellbeing, Sam, what would you spend it on? Oh, that is a great <laughs> question in theory. Um, oh, my days. So they were saying like you could spend it on anything, like either like a gym membership or like I know, like delivery some nights if you couldn't be bothered to cook. <laughs> Like, honestly, anything. Like, you could spend it on... It's all about balance. Yeah, you could spend it on, like, plants if you really wanted to. Like, I'm I'm trying to think what I'd spend £50 a month on for wellness. Yeah, same. I mean, I'm frantically sorry you're thinking. I mean, yeah, I think gym membership is probably the big one and the obvious one people think of. Would I go to the gym? (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think like, um, and this is one of my 2022 mm. predictions, um, I'd probably use that £50 a month and um, I don't know, put it put it towards my bills because the cost of living is going up. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. Actually, yeah, what Gas. I would use for wellness is heat my home. Yeah. There you go. Keep me warm. Yeah, yeah so I think um, that <laughs> we're just jumping the gun a little bit there. Yeah. But, um, that's, um, yeah, that's what I put it towards my bills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so then another prediction was um, the creation of like digital experiences to replicate obviously like in-person experiences because uh-huh. um, people were locked down and they couldn't experience anything Real- realistically, virtually they could if it was available to them but that's I think what a lot of companies, um, bigger companies especially started to put money towards those like digital experiences that sort of bring people together just not physically yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we can all say we've not done 
as many gone so many events as we usually would if it was you know um, a COVID free world if you will um, we haven't gone as many holidays as you probably would like to over the past two three years as well um, so yeah I think it was always probably quite a, um, not obvious but more sensible and you know a good route to go down to delivering experiences to help boost people that are might be missing and lacking in in what they've experienced over the past three years. Yeah, I think some of them were really innovative as well. Like, um, so for example, like um, people that bought luxury goods, um, you know, like kind of your Gucci's, your Louis Vuittons, like you go in there and like you go into the shop and it really is an experience within itself. And um, what they were doing was a lot of augmented reality to um, enable you to, I think, have those experiences. So I think Gucci did a collaboration with Snapchat, um, a lot of filters on there to try and like engage people. Um, so that was interesting um, companies um, that sell like furniture and um, I think homeware they were doing a lot of like um, virtual reality type things where you could try and see what it would look like in your home through like technology and everything which um, which was pretty cool too and um, I think even B2B companies needed to also I guess get in on that um, strategy because in relationship driven sales cycles how do you build those relationships if you can't kind of like see them and um, like relying on zoom all the time everyone felt super zoomed out and I know when we were recording last year it's like James mentioned how he felt really zoomed out and I think um, everyone kind of got sick of Zoom. So, because you know how, like, you just had all those, like, Zoom quizzes and things like that. Yeah. People <laughs> people just got bored of them. Yeah, then um, got bored yeah. very quickly as well. But I think they definitely served a purpose whilst they needed to. But I think a lot of people mm-hmm. now are looking the other way and going, I want in-person experiences. I want that human interaction. Yeah, you'll yeah. never you'll never replicate the, no. the same thing. No, definitely not. And I think... Um, that's one of my other predictions for 2022 like um the rise of like flexible experiences and um, how we need to become more dynamic as a society and just like digital integration into our daily lives is becoming much more prevalent um and i think that kind of goes back to um i guess another prediction we had last year was engaging customers with meaningful content and um, added value so a lot of community marketing came out and you can see people were trying to create their own communities online to replicate like the communities I think that they were missing out on. Um, Peloton was a good example of that one that we use because like their community is a massive part of like um, what keeps people engaged. And actually Peloton as a company from like obviously working out the drop off rate of people going to the gym after they've signed up is like ridiculously low. Most gyms recurring revenue Um relies on like getting people to sign up for a year and then they actually really rarely ever go Mm -hmm. whereas peloton actually have an engagement rate after 12 months of 92 percent of people signing up and still using their app their equipment yeah um, i think it's a great investment in it because you make that such huge initial investment in there in in the equipment to start off with the the subscription after that like you say just in theory just replaces your your gym membership so you were never up or Sorry, you were never spending any more money than you were maybe if you were just using the gym or whatever. And like you say, if you spent, say, X amount of money on um, 
some equipment that is, you know, worth a lot of money, you're going to use it if, if you've bought it. It's not just going to be, oh, I'll use it once or twice and then it'll just sit there. Unless, you, unless of course, you have none. Even the app, even the app too. To be fair, though, like you don't even need to. Um, like the app was the predominant one. The stat came from actually because not a lot of people um, do have like the equipment and everything. And even if you do have their equi- their equipment, it retains its value. So if you are like me, and you get bored of something after three months. Highly likely, you'll be able to sell it for a round cost. Mm-hmm. So it's not too concerning, to be fair. But um, I think it's interesting that. What you find is a lot of people like um, they have like Peloton communities on like Strava and all of these other fitness apps. So yeah. they've integrated them really well to where they think their core target audiences will actually spend time. And um, you can kind of follow their um, instructors on like Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And you've, you notice like some of them have like more active Facebook profiles if they're towards the older demographic. Mm-hmm. And um, they've kind of turned their instructors into like micro influencers in a way. Which brings us to my last 2021 prediction, which was influencer marketing and the decline of bigger influencers like the Kardashians mm-hmm. and the increase of the micro influencers with more niche audiences. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to a wrap on our 2021 predictions. Um, how do you think we did? Uh, I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, you, we started off with Clubhouse, so it wasn't a great start, but I think... I, think I was hoping you'd forget that one. I'm <laughs> not one to forget that one, unfortunately. Um, but I think as we, you know, we went further down the line, I think, yeah, it was a, yeah. a good, we a good well-rounded... <laughs> yeah, if you take that out of the equation, it was great. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, I'm not mystic in any way. Like, we were just... We just kind of were looking at what we thought was going to happen and um, uh-huh. kind of... Part of part of my role is to keep my finger on the pulse of what I think is kind of going on from a macro perspective, and um, I think we definitely did that, especially um, around the digital experiences, the influence marketing, and um, the community community marketing aspects. So I'm hoping that when we do this again next year for the 2023 <laughs> ones, we can laugh at ourselves <laughs> about how silly and naive we were. What do we think then is going to happen in 2022? Um, who's going to be brave and kick us <laughs> off Rebecca I was saying this earlier I think that a lot of people now are not that it's gone anywhere um, but I think everyone's kind of a little bit over Covid <laughs> yeah. and we've all gone through it we've all cried through it we've all had like probably some of the worst years in terms of like isolation and mental health like we've said but a lot of people now are I think maybe seeing the end of it and there's a lot more optimism around our faults yeah I think you're right on the optimism front like um we were saying this as well with like clients in general it's almost like they've started 2022 (laughs) and it's like sod covid like we're we're here we're moving forward everyone seems really excited and um I think talking to um some of my clients last year they were talking about like um, like the great resignation was a thing in like October and I feel like a lot of change happened towards the latter end of last year and people were like um, like calling it the great resignation or the great reshuffle because there's so much talent and everything out there and people are now putting more money into um, the economy businesses are creating opportunities for people um the cost of living is going up, unfortunately, but um, also as well, what I would say is salaries um, for the new opportunities that are being created are also reflecting that too. 
And I think that's part of the reason for the great reshuffle. That and people have been bored because they've been locked down for 18 months to two years, haven't they? So um, I think people just fancy a change. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, investment in general and um, key people saying that like they're feeling inspired and um, just looking forward to things. And we, the fact that we kind of got like a, a good Christmas as well. Um, people just feel a lot a lot better and um, because of all of the wellness strategies that businesses implemented (laughs) in 2021 everyone's obviously feeling great because they feel mentally well (laughs) definitely (laughs) but yeah I think um, from like joking aside and everything um, I think we are starting to see a lot more optimism from businesses and um, with that comes a lot of investment into their marketing which is great because um, people are starting to try new things. They want to be more innovative. Um, I do think one of the best things about the pandemic to have happened in a way is um, because everyone was forced to work from home, we got an insight into people's lives that we never would have gotten an insight to. And it's almost made everyone much more human. So kind of like, old corporate business practices that used to be the case aren't anymore and we've kind of got to know people on like a personal level like um like clients have met my dogs virtually (laughs) yeah (laughs) we've met clients kids and yeah yeah and um I think it's helped with like building those relationships and um I guess people now feel like a bit more free to be themselves and like have a voice and be authentic I think instead of like trying to um I don't really know how to finish the sentence but like (laughs) instead of trying to like I guess act in like a I should be like this way yeah definitely more acceptance I think of just things not being perfect 100% of the time like we've lived through it doesn't need to <laughs> yeah. be sugar-coated does it anymore no, so it's just it's people buy into that realism I think yeah and yeah. I think that helps you build better relationships just being yourself and being like you say human yeah I think that leads me into um so going from like the the optimism and um, the kind of like gunko like exuberance <laughs> um personal branding I think People feel like they're ina- they're enabled to be themselves now, and I feel like if you're a good business owner and um, you want to generate more sales, you know that actually um, capitalizing on your employees' personalities and encouraging them to have personalities <laughs> <laughs> is um, a good thing. Because, for example, um, when we sell things. Um, people get bought into people um we have a vast array of different personalities that's so um people like different people so therefore why don't we let those conversations happen more naturally and put the best people that are matched with the best people to create those relationships so for example like I get on with some clients way better than like James or Michael Richwood and um it's about using those brands I guess to attract the people towards the people and I think um, encouraging people to be themselves um, does naturally drive more sales and makes more people more interested. And also as well, like um, people feel like 
randomly like they know you as well like I've had clients just like send me random emails after like LinkedIn posts that I put out there and um, just because they've seen something and then it's reminded them actually they wanted to talk to me about a project and it's just that consistency and having content and stuff out there and also as well like I use this as an example all the time but Rise at Seven have the best engaged employees and they all look like they're so excited to work for them and that's kind of what I wanted to create for us because everyone loves coming into work so why aren't we why aren't we sharing that online so yeah it's not I'm not asking that right now like why aren't we sharing that online Sam but like as a as a general concept it could work for any business like you could you could sell shoes why aren't people why aren't the people that are creating your shoes and marketing your shoes and selling your shoes raving about your shoes online like if they genuinely enjoy coming into work or doing the job that they do why not talk about it and I think that is the key to knowing if you have an engaged workforce or not because like if someone's excited to do something they naturally want to talk about it and share it with other people definitely and I know sometimes like I've looked at whether it's engaging in services or buying things like when you get to know the people behind it I feel more at ease before going into that that like service or whatever it is you feel like you know them already so there's all already that like base so like you say you talk to him people might message you just after a LinkedIn post yeah already that level of familiarity that wouldn't have been there yeah, and I think as well, like... Um it's like you say, though, just going back to what you said previously, it takes the corporate and, you know, everything like that out of what is just a normal human interaction between people, you know, that are growing that, that relationship in a business environment, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's one thing. Like, I know, obviously, business is business, but also as well, like... um I joke about this with clients and I literally say to them like I would not take a client on if I didn't think I could go to the pub and have a drink with them (laughs) because at the end of the day like um, with me and Rebecca looking after like the retained services side of the business um, we cultivate these relationships with them and actually a lot of the work that we do is based upon trust and trust that we can actually do that for them and interest in their business so that we can go and like actively suggest things to them and we do get like, um, not kind of like, we were having this conversation the other day, weren't we, around like um, some clients have like children and stuff and um, how like um, we um, we know things about them that actually like, um, and sometimes as well, like um, for example, like when my granddad passed away, some of my clients knew about that before like even my friends knew about that because like you talk to them on such a, on such like a, personal level at times and like they've literally seen your house and seen your dogs and stuff (laughs) yeah and um it is quite like it's a different relationship but it's a relationship none the same and um I think social media it's like how do we keep in touch with our friends from school we have them on Instagram and Facebook well how do we keep in touch with our connections that we've made in the business world like we have them on LinkedIn and that's how I've always seen it to be fair um but I think that's kind of now what other people are doing. And like, I've actually made friends from LinkedIn as well. And it's, yeah, it's really good as a platform. And I think that when used in the right way, instead of like using personal brand to like preach at people and stuff, like some of them do, they literally use their 
social media as a platform like I don't condone doing that in any way because it's kind of like you're talking at people but if you can create real conversations and relationships or at least continue the relationships that you build with people in real life then I think it's definitely got a place and I want to see more of that in 2022. Mm -hmm. I'd agree. So Sam I tasked you with coming up with all of the development ones, didn't I? Because did, um, did. obviously <laughs> they're not my forte. <laughs> they're not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, hit me. What have you got? I believe that, to start us off, I think, because obviously, I mean, I would like to say we've all probably been, especially within the last 12 months, been somewhat accustomed or experienced or heard the term of cryptocurrency. So I'm going to guess, especially because all these big companies like your Teslas, Facebook and Apple, they all come out with their own statements saying we're going to, we're not going to take payments with it, we're going to invest in it like Tesla did. Um, you know, so I'm, I believe, I know Twitter is, is already starting, or might already have done, um, started to take payments with Bitcoin for, you know, certain promoted um, marketing material or that. So I believe that will then, then trickle down into, you know, other websites that you use for just buying whatever it be with, whatever whatever you buy online, whether it be, you know. Yeah, you were playing around with that actually, weren't you, at some yeah, point so last year? Yeah, that's it. The, so it, the, it's the, obviously it's doable and it's a... A definite thing businesses can do and it just opens up more avenues for payments and just to help if customers want to check out that that way then why why shouldn't they do you know what I mean if yeah I think so what you're saying is the tech functionality is there but the market need for it at the moment is a little bit low yeah I think there's obviously still some skepticism about you know whether it's just um whether it's just a phase and stuff like that and I would like to think if you know if these big if big big players in the world um, are active in that scene, then I think I think that would tell you all you need to know. And I think other yeah. other businesses should be encouraged by that to also get on board with that. I think this idea has legs because I read an article about three months ago saying that the um, the Bank of England was talking about digital currency and bringing out a digital mm-hmm. pound. Yeah. So I do think that it is going somewhere. I don't think it will have mass take-up for the next five years, though. No, because like you say, I, I always talk about like my nan and granddad. They literally only had internet within like the past four years. So yeah. God bless them if they're listening. Um, <laughs> but they would, they, would, they would not be checking out online with, with any cryptos and stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously it's not for everyone to, as a bottom line, but, you know... It's it's growing, and I think obviously it will continue to grow into twenty twenty two. I think you'll start to see more on big yeah. sites and platforms that you use every day. Yeah, I think the introduction will definitely be there in twenty twenty two, and then I think mass take up for people probably the next five years when it goes through the innovation curve. Um, I would like to then ask, what is an NFT? Is that a part of your predictions? Depends. <laughs> if we're talking about JPEGs that are considered to be art, I would I would get off that train at the first stop. Um, but I can make a JPEG. 
and I want I want to make millions in crypto. So don't kill my business dreams. <laughs> <laughs> my Canva JPEGs. I, I think I think if an NFT has an actual use, such as you know, if they get you into specific places that you want to attend, or say if you've got a ticket to a concert, that that is an NFT, then fair play. And if it's I mean, it's a big talking game at the minute. So if you buy an in-game item that's an NFT on a game, you could then sell that and then use that that um, money or whatever, that currency, on a, a different game. Whereas as things stand at the minute, you wouldn't be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. as, as an idea, that, that has legs in itself. But if we're talking about millions of dollars of what can be described as a JPEG, then... Oh, it's not for me, but I mean, it depends. Who you, it depends who you ask. I mean, okay. Some of it's a big load of nothing. Some of it's you know, okay. With so one to watch then definitely and see how the space unfolds. Yeah, I think it's a this year probably will be a big decider, and you know whether it fizzles out or whether it actually becomes something that's worthwhile to society. I I hope for the latter. Um, okay, but like I think it needs to be taken more seriously and. People aren't going to take it seriously if they just see a JPEG of a monkey worth millions. Now I might get, you know, slated for that one. <laughs> so be it. <laughs> and what else have you got for us? Um, I think, especially with WordPress this year, I think we're going to see WordPress WordPress 6, um, which will be exciting because, I mean, it's, I mean, it's all rumours at the minute because um, t- there's a lot of talk about there being like, multi-language Features built in from from the core, which is you know great for anybody really any anybody who wants to stretch the content out um, across the world. Because obviously, I mean, we can all heart well, we can all try and rely on um, in browser translation like on Chrome and stuff. But obviously, mm. if you're offering that content down to a T um, by you know qualified and experienced copywriters who write that content in an entirely different language. Yeah. Um, then it, it just helps the customer experience if you're if you're shopping from a different country. I mean, I'm sure we've all we've all probably done it ourselves. It helps. So. Yeah, definitely. It takes be, me back to like French GCSE when they were like, "Yeah, don't use Google Translate." And yeah, then, I think it'll just be people didn't be listen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of what I always think. Um, I think WordPress six point zero um, is coming out in April. I want to say. Uh, I, I I haven't seen, but I, I would like to. Hope so. I'd like to hope so. I mean, the sooner we can see it, the better. Yeah, I think um, I'd be interested to see how it works. And um, you're definitely excited for it as well, aren't you, Rebecca? Because you do a lot of um, work with current WordPress websites from an SEO perspective and how that will all change and um, what Google might need to do then off the back of that. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I mean, um, Google's constantly updating and changing and so I'm sure they will have some changes to do with (laughs) (laughs) on the back of the WordPress 6.0 but yeah we can just see I mean with progression I think comes extra add-ons and things like you say we didn't have before which will ultimately improve the user experience that's only a good thing Um, and I think that's still probably going to be a focus for Google this year is less of a focus on 
businesses and more the users and making sure that they have a good experience like with the um, the updates they did last year and like the mum updates and really looking at how people use Google rather yeah. than how businesses use it because at the end of the day they're the they're the main client really <laughs> yeah i think um sam shared an interesting stat as well that um, wordpress has now surpassed 43 percent of market share so obviously wordpress in the eyes of google is doing something well because what i would say is wordpress websites do tend to rank really highly as well yeah yeah i mean i mean it's because it's such a you know great open source community there's there's plenty of plugins when used in moderation um there's plenty of <laughs> you know resources and stuff out there that you can almost all work together as a community to help each other rank your websites higher and you know help to streamline sites and it just doesn't come with any well there probably might be some excess baggage if certain stuff isn't what you're using wordpress for but um What's the technical term, Sam? WordPress junk? WordPress junk is what we like to, is, is what we like to call it in-house. I mean, this is this is slander. I mean, they, they're not happy with my, my term. But you, know, it, you, can, you can strip out certain features of WordPress that you, you don't need to use. So, yeah. Um, in order to create the most streamlined and effective admins on websites that you, that you want to make on online so um yeah it's like me when i'm driving a car like i can't have too many buttons that distract me because like obviously <laughs> then i'll crash into something it's the same with your website you don't want it to crash so exactly, just like yeah. basically so, take out anything that you do not need exactly yeah. it keep comes, it bare bones it and then it'll rank to, higher comes back to uh, rebecca <laughs> saying about how you know google wants the best and quickest sites around so in order to rank well so i mean the quicker you can have your site the better yeah and so. for me as well using wordpress i can work quicker on wordpress so that that's great for everyone <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's a platform <laughs> i once familiar with so yeah. <laughs> so rebecca what do you think your prediction well what are your predictions for 2022 what do you think is going to happen um in terms of maybe a bit wider i'm i've seen maybe a lot more consciousness in terms of being inclusive whether that's accessibility um looking at different genders um a lot of seeing people as people rather than what they maybe maybe if someone has a disability there's a lot of more of looking at people and saying well that's not an issue or brands yeah. going, we're going to look at this head on and we're going to provide products or services for people who are just people like everyone else. I'm seeing a lot of that um, sustainability as well. Yeah, that's a massive one that is, I think a lot of our clients are working on. Um, yeah. Carbon zero roadmaps, um, yeah. that sort of thing, um, how they want to become um, carbon neutral in the next however many years. Um, yeah. And we definitely see it on Google Trends as well. The amount of searches for sustainable brands has shot up. And I also now think it's kind of an expectation. Yes. Whereas before it was like an extra add-on that like, that's great. Now it's like that is expected from the user. 
um, they go into websites looking for your information on sustainability and what you're doing? Yeah, and I think as well, off the back of that, you've got concerns around like greenwashing and people are starting to become a lot more savvy in terms of like what they're doing so for example like um you can have these brands that like um stand on the soapbox on instagram and talk about like how sustainability is a thing but then you've then got the people that are saying you're talking about sustainability but then you're paying your factory workers x amount of money and it's not a sustainable wage to live off so sustainability i think is obviously looking at resources as a whole and how sustainable is that business model in general Mm -hmm. and if you're exploiting anyone. So it's not just like your, um, what they call like the raw resource materials, like your wood and like um, things like that um, and the environment. It's like how sustainable is it for you to carry on paying these people and making their standard of living absolutely terrible. And um, I think it is just, what you said in terms of like consciousness and doing good for people and um, making sure that people are paid like a living wage no matter what country they live in and what the laws are definitely I think the world today is very different from 10 years ago and even five years ago yeah there's less emphasis on like like you say corporate business money all that kind of thing status symbols as well like for example the amount of people that are like downsizing like cars thinking actually do I need this big five bedroom house like actually there's literally just like me it's like for example if I was looking for a house now like as a single person would I really go and buy like a three bedroomed house like if I didn't need it or like uh, for example if people had like um their kids were leaving home for example and um, they live in like their family home and stuff there's so much going on around like um these people that don't really have the need now for these like massive family homes that are actually that are sitting on those houses and then there's not enough houses for the people that actually do have those bigger families with the children to go in and have that and it's making house prices go up in terms of like the inflation and aspects Mm -hmm. of it and everything and just cost of living in general and I think what we're starting to become more conscious of now is just like resources in general. We can't keep up with building enough houses for people. Housing isn't affordable. Mm -hmm. And just being mindful then of like other people and do we actually need this amount of space? Yeah, definitely. There's like you say, it's just consciousness in every aspect. Just people becoming less me first and thinking about others. Yeah, I think like um, another thing that I kind of wanted to um, bring in was um, the community aspect of things. And I wanted to do it from a workplace because um, obviously now we've seen like how the debate around like working from home or coming back to the office is um, still in full swing. um, And like kind of how we can work around that and really engage everyone. But yeah. from a community perspective and like having people not be me first it's like well how are businesses then working with like the teams to make this a community and make everyone like um get along be engaged and um kind of like integrate them back into into society almost because people have been so isolated for the last two years how do you reteach people how to be people and get along with people again (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Even like, like you say, coming back into work and 
how how do I dress? <laughs> Is yeah. this okay for the workplace? <laughs> so I think for you, Rebecca, like you were working at home for a year, weren't you? And yeah. also as well, it was a time for you where like you'd not really been in like a proper, proper job out of university for that long. No, I graduated and then I got my first job out of uni, spent six months there and then COVID happened and then I spent the next year in lockdown so I'd had double the amount of time at home that I actually yeah. had within the workplace and with the people I work with every single day. So it was such a strange experience. Um, and then I remember going to Sarah and they asked me about the question about working in the office and I pretty much begged to be in the <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, she did. Um, but no, it's kind of like... And then we're thinking about all of these like younger people and um, I think like starting careers like... Um, and having like the structure in place and even just like the the mentorship and like the kind of like collective of being like around people that can actually nurture you in a role effectively instead of just like leaving people to their own devices and I think like with us all being like 25 or under we're all pretty early on in our careers and imagine if you were just like sat at home by yourself and you didn't have any like kind of guidance support or mentorship mm-hmm. I don't think it would do very well for our generation's mental health going forward for years to come. Yeah, I think especially the development side, we all kind of, you know, collaborate to make ourselves better developers is the bottom line. So yeah. I think if we were just, you know, left on our own for indefinite, indefinitely, <laughs> um, I think we probably would kind of not stagnate in terms of progression, but, you know, the pro- rate of progression... As developers wouldn't be as quick as you know it is when we are all in the office and collaborating yeah even just like softer skills like we were having the conversation the other day weren't we um rebecca about like um how we plan our time and stuff and um you used to write like a massive long list and just have your long list and then like i did it in a completely different way to you you saw how i did it and then you started doing that and you prefer that and it's just like the softer skills it's like i've learned so much from seeing how when I used to work in recruitment for example that was a massive open plan office and I learned how to sell not through listening to like well pretending to listen to like the powerpoints and the training that I had to listen to but actually from being in the room and having the people around me give me guidance and kind of like thinking oh that worked really well for that person I'll try that on my next call and see if that works for me and just kind of like picking up these like I guess cues from what other people were doing so I do genuinely believe that as a young person I would not want to work from home all the time I, in fact I think that would be really detrimental to my progression and my mental health definitely so how are we doing then for 2022 predictions do you, do you feel like we've predicted enough any other burning ones that you really <laughs> want to get out there? Like, I don't know, um, Canva's going to really kick off and um, designers are all going to become extinct. I can say that because I've got no one in the room that's going to argue with me. <laughs> um, I think if we add any more to we'll just look even more silly this time <laughs> next year. So Yeah, true. A clubhouse is making a comment no it isn't <laughs> but yeah I think um, it'd be really interesting to hear if um, you guys feel like we've missed anything or um, if you'd just like to generate the conversation really of what you think is going to happen in 2022 because we're really excited for this year and it's like Rebecca said 
sod off covid and um <laughs> yes to 2022 and um thank you very much for listening and we're excited to hear what you think as well